We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are live, Jeffrey. And you're back. I'm back. I'm back. Two days off. Uh, you were actually better off without me yesterday. You had a nice little uh, Hell yeah. four, four and oh day on, uh, on the College Hoop side. Uh, for people that are listening to this on the stream, just give us one second while we allow the feed to populate. For people that are listening on a podcast, we are doing this live right now. Um, it is Saturday morning, the day after Christmas. It is 10 a.m. My name is Rob Doster. Of course, the guy you see with me right there is the one and only Jeffrey Goodman, uh, who was 4-0 yesterday when it came to college basketball picks. Hopefully, we can keep that heater going. Uh, before we get into today's line and today's slate, uh, Jeff, let's talk a little bit. There's two games I think that we should touch on from yesterday. Um, and I want to start with Iowa losing at Minnesota. Yeah, um, That's not... Minnesota's having a really good start to the season. They're eight and one now. Marcus Carr is playing like an All American, uh, but Iowa blew a seven point lead in the final forty seconds of a game on the road. Uh, I don't think that national title contenders should be losing games that they lead by seven with forty seconds left. Yeah, that defense, man, that perimeter defense is is really really questionable. And um, you brought it up, I think, on Twitter last night after the game, but. Couple questionable decisions. One, not to foul up three with about what six seconds left was when Marcus Carr hit that three. Yeah. Uh, how do you not foul there? And then the other one, I don't know how much time was left uh, in regulation when they gave the ball to Jordan Bahannon with about, I don't know, three, four seconds left, something like that. Four seconds. It was so they, Joe Toussaint missed his second free throw with, I believe it was 11 seconds left, 11 something seconds left. Um, and so I understand not fouling there. That's a little, that's kind of in the range where it's like a little bit questionable. But by the time the, Carr actually got down to the three point line, there was about, yeah, but it's, it's tough. It's tough when you're, when you're, unless you really, really practice that yep. and really, really drill it, it's tough to tell someone to foul without sure. fouling a shooter. Uh, my bigger issue was Joe Toussaint went under a ball screen against a guy that's playing like an all American up by three with seven seconds left. Like that is, that's inexcusable. You cannot do that. Yeah. That was inexcusable no, that was, to do that. That was terrible. And, and again, giving the ball um, to Bohannon. Which made he, absolutely no sense. Doesn't move well. Like he just doesn't – he barely got over half court to, to be able to get any sort of shot off. Like to me, you'd have your most athletic guy, give him the ball, right, and go, and go. There's one, there's one guy on the Iowa roster yeah. that can beat somebody off the bounce. Yeah. It's yep. Joe Toussaint. Yep. And if you want to tell me that Fran – 
was mad at him or didn't trust him because he went under that ball screen and he just missed the two free throws. Like, okay, I get it, but it's still a situation where, like, you could win the game right there and he could make up for all the mistakes that he had, but instead you give it to Bohannon, who, like, he just hasn't well, been anyway. himself. We, we hey. talked about it last week. Like, he just has not been himself at all. I love the season, kid. So. I love the kid. I root for him, but, man, he, he is just not looking like himself yet. And I'm hoping he'll turn the corner here. In a couple weeks, um, but yeah, it, it it was just an ugly display, and you had a lot of people coming out, Iowa fans coming out after that one, saying, uh, "Fran McCaffrey blew this one, blew this one." Yeah, um, the the other part of it was like he sat in that zone for three and a half minutes in overtime that was obviously not working. It kept allowing Brandon Johnson to get wide open threes. Uh, to me. So, like, I, I kind of got into this conversation last night uh, with a bunch of folks on Twitter, and uh, I'll have more to say about this um, in the upcoming weeks. But just to touch on it real quick, like, there are there are different things that you do. To me, there's basically three parts of being a coach, more or less, when it comes to the college ranks, right? There's the recruiting aspect. There is the development aspect and building a team aspect of things. And then there is the in-game coaching. Fran McCaffrey can obviously recruit. He can obviously develop. He can obviously build a game plan. He could do all of those things to prepare a roster to head into a game. Look at the guys on this team right now. How many of them would you have said when they were coming out of high school? Yeah, that's definitely a team that's going to be, or definitely a kid that's going to be playing on a team that can compete for a Final Four. That's definitely like how many people said Luca Garza is going to be National Player of the Year and average thirty and zero. How many people thought Joe Wieskamp would end up being a pro? Right. Like there's there's a lot of kids on that roster that he found and he identified and he developed and he turned into uh, put it all together. And he turned this Iowa team into like a legitimate top 10 team in college basketball this year. That that's that's really impressive. He's put together some good, solid game plans. He has a system that works for the talent that he has on his roster. Like all of that stuff is good. But then there comes the in-game decision making part and like. I, there's just so many baffling decisions over and yeah. over and over again with with with, with Iowa and Fran that I'm just like what what are, what are we watching here? What are you doing? Like what do you what do you see that makes you think that going under that ball screen is a good decision? What do you see that now makes again, you think maybe he was not supposed to go under that? One. Okay, yeah, I know, I know, but but one, you got to prep your players for that, and two, that doesn't excuse the fact that like you give the ball to Jordan Bohannon to try to go coast to coast with five point seven seconds left. It doesn't excuse the fact that he sat back in that awful, awful two three zone and let Brandon Johnson get going. Now, look, if you also want to say to me, okay, look, Minnesota got hot; they hit five threes in overtime. They hit a sixth if you count the one that they hit right before, or right at the end of regulation. Okay, I get it, but good shooters make shots, and when you allow a good shooter well, to get into a rhythm. It wasn't yes. Brandon Johnson. I get it. On the scouting report, he had averaged six points a game. I understand it. Western Michigan, whatever. You weren't. He wasn't high up the scout report. But when he starts making five, don't you have to play him differently? Yes. That's when, when you, you keep giving up wide open threes, you have to get out of that two three zone. So we don't we don't need to to belabor this point too much. Um, but it, and and look, all the credit in the world has to go to Minnesota for like fighting back and making those shots. And Marcus Carr has been unbelievable oh, this year. Like first team All American, good Rob. First team All American, good as of right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, how do you not have him on your first team All American team as of today? What he's done? They've lost one game. He's been sensational. How about Richard Pitino? I mean, building that thing with transfers, like all oh, these, dudes yeah, are, are transfers. The key guys, everyone. Yeah, they're they're awesome. Marcus Carr is having a great year. Minnesota's having a great year. 
but that still doesn't Somebody excuse the, a seven-point lead. Well, in seconds, gone, can't do it. Somebody asked me about Richard Pitino's future, and uh, and I said, I'm like, if he wins this year, he should get the hell out. Because it's like every year he's going to go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. He'll never be able to get off the hot seat. He'll get off for a year, then he'll get back on the next year. Like, to me, win and get the hell out. Get something if you can. Now, I don't know what you can get after this year. Maybe you can get Boston College, which I don't think he wants. But did you um, hear? Uh, did you hear Tim Miles' story um, or his story on the Tim Miles podcast? Which how he about, got up about right? Yeah, he got the, yeah. He was uh, Richard was driving. It was after the final or after the Elite Eight in the in Indianapolis when Louisville made it to the Final Four. He was then the coach at FIU, and he's driving his dad somewhere, and his dad's asleep in the back seat, and he gets a call from Billy Donovan, and Billy's like, "Hey, I got you in the mix for Minnesota," and Richard's like, "Minnesota, what?" And so uh, he hangs up the phone and he wakes up his dad. He's like, "He's like, Dad, Dad." Minnesota sounds like they're going to call me if I get offered that job or, or sure. should I take it? And Rick, and Rick opens one eye, looks at him and goes, that's a big 10 job. Who the hell do you think you are? Of course you take it. It goes right back to sleep. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, so hey, good. are you worried about Michigan state? I mean, not any more than I was entering the season, yeah. you know, like uh, well, one, you are more, you are more because now you're watching them not have a point guard. That's the difference. Like, yes. like, in essence, on paper, it's different, right? Like, you knew it, but you're not watching it physically when you see it. And Rocket Watts actually was pretty good the first half, I, I thought, in, in distributing the ball better than he's been. But ultimately, you don't want Rocket Watts to be doing that. That's not the role you want for Rocket Watts. You want him to be a – it was like Anthony Edwards last year at Georgia. Tom Cream mm-hmm. put him on the ball. To me, you want Rocket Watts playing off the ball primarily and attacking and scoring and not worrying about having a, to, to distribute, make guys happy and, and, and all that. Like, I, I just think this this team is, again, it's Izzo, so maybe he can perform his magic with this group. But ultimately, when you look at it, you say, like, there's too many flaws and it starts with point guard. And that's why, to me, I, they, they can get to the Final Four because it's Izzo. But I don't think they can win at all. So I actually, I actually disagree with you that the biggest issue is the point guard play. Um, I think that'll get there. I think that they have enough weapons to be good enough offensively. The problem is they can't get any stops. Yeah. They give up eighty-five points to Wisconsin. They give up seventy-nine to Northwestern. Based on like strictly points per possession stuff, they are by far the worst defensive team in Big Ten play this year. They are giving up. More than uh, in in hundred in in one hundred possessions, they would give up thirty more points than the best defensive team in the Big Ten, and that's Michigan. Wow! Right? They're um, they're they're a train wreck on that end of the floor. And if you're not going to be like, you can't win if you're giving up one point two five points per possession to Wisconsin. You can't beat anybody if you're going to give up one point one four points per possession in a game Good against point. Northwestern. Like it's just to me, it's just as simple as their defense. Um, but also like. You know, Wisconsin. Wisconsin might be really, really good. They're pretty you know good, that? and and it helps when. How about this? They're older this than is, this is one of the craziest stats I, I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Brad Davidson. It feels like he's been in college since 1975, right? He's the guy this year that everyone's like, "How the hell is that dude still playing the school?" He is the youngest starter. Wisconsin <laughs> starting five. It's awesome. He's the so, youngest guy. They compared them to the Bulls. Did you see that tweet I retweeted? Yeah. The age, I, I believe, 
I could be wrong, but I, I think they're older than the Bulls starting five. I mean, Zach Levine's got to bring it up, but but for the most part, I, I think they're right there with the Bulls in terms of uh, uh, age. So yeah, and and and, and like it helps. They know their roles. They've all gotten better. Nate Reavers had two huge blocks in that game down the stretch, and, and they just got guys that like none of them are going to blow you away, but they're all capable. Right, I mean, Ford yeah. was good early. Reavers was good late. Trice was good throughout. They just got dudes. Micah Potter's solid. Um, I don't know if they can, how deep they can go, but I mean, maybe they're maybe they're the Big Ten's best chance at, at going to a Final Four. I don't know. I think they probably are because they are the team with with the least amount of exploitable issues. Right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. There's a little bit of a concern with the fact that they play those two big guys together, but like Michael Potter and Nate Reavers have proven to be good enough that yeah, it's it's pretty much okay, and they have enough other perimeter defenders that they can kind of make up for. And there aren't that many teams out there that are going to have like great perimeter foremen that can really expose the fact that Nate Reavers might be a little bit slow footed or that Michael yeah. Potter is best suited to guarding in the paint. So, um, but if you look at Iowa, like Iowa can't guard anybody, right? No, that's a different. Uh, Michigan Wisconsin State can't get any some, stops. They don't have a point guard. Like I, Illinois can't guard ball screens. So, yeah, I, listen, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Big Ten is so intriguing um, this year, and, and now to throw Northwestern into the fray as a legitimate team uh, that you, that you worry about. And we could start with North. I, I know it's not the best game of the day. But, but it's maybe as intriguing as almost – well, let's start with – I think today's slate, we got to start with, with Kentucky-Louisville, don't we? Yeah, we got to start with it. Before uh, we get into it, let me just tell you guys real quick about the official odds provider of the Field of 68 Media Network, that is DraftKings Sportsbook. The holiday season is winding down, but the sports calendar is kicking into full swing this week from collegiate to professional sports. There is no shortage of action, and there is no better place to get in on all of this action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? To celebrate this year's college football playoffs, DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to bet on any semifinal team to win the championship at 100 to 1 odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any semifinal team to win the championship, and if your team wins, you cash $100. While we are all excited for football, let's not forget that the 2021 basketball season is also in full swing. So head to the app now to check out all of DraftKings daily odds boosts. DraftKings is safe. It's secure. It's reliable. It makes it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code FIELD68. That's FIELD68 when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any semifinal team to win it all. That's code FIELD68 for new players to get a shot at $100 on any semifinal team this week for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania residents only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Jeffrey, Kentucky, Louisville, right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. Louisville is laying four and a half. The total in that game is 134. What do you like? This is a huge game, Rob. Huge, huge game. I, I know you're laughing at me, but it is. It, it, it's a huge game for both teams. Um, Kentucky's lost five straight. 
they've become kind of a laughing stock right now, right? The, I mean, the last time they lost five straight was Rick Pitino's first season in, in 89-90. Um, we don't know if Terrence Clark's going to play today. He, he's been spotted in a boot, uh, been hurt a little bit. Uh, obviously, you got the Cam Fletcher debacle last week. Uh, after the fifth straight uh, defeat by Kentucky, Louisville's not great. They're not. They're 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 solid. Carly Jones, their best player, and he's a grad transfer from Radford. That shows you where they're at. Uh, David mm-hmm. Johnson has been inconsistent. Samuel Williamson has not been what I thought he'd be. They're still going to be without Charles Minlin, the USF transfer, and obviously Malik Williams is out for potentially the season. So they're thin. Um, you know, anytime I think a team is getting four and a half in this series, Rob, I, I think I just take the points. It's at Louisville. There's no home court advantage. I think you throw the numbers out the window, especially in this one, because it's not like Louisville's proven a ton. I mean, they were without Carly Jones, but they got they lost by 100 to Wisconsin. So they're not a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, Kentucky, we know, isn't a great team. But, like, this is one that, to me, again – I just don't know how it's not close at the end. Like, neither team can score at a high, high clip. So I think it's going to be close somewhere in the 60s. So to me, you take the four and a half points, and uh, and you're just hoping for a close game. Or you take the money line, and you take Kentucky. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, too. I think that the, the value here is on the Kentucky side. Um, I also just – I think it's worth pointing out that for my money, like, look – Yes, there there's issues with the point guard play. And yes, there are very real question marks about whether or not Kentucky can shoot. Um, there are concerns about like, does Isaiah Jackson have any clue how to play defense beyond just like blocking a shot? Like he gets lost way too much. Um, but to me, the biggest issue with this Kentucky team has everything to do with with chemi- chemistry and leadership um, and, and the connectiveness and like all those kind of cliches that you hear coaches talk about culture, all that kind of stuff. Like that's what's missing at Kentucky. And they were just humiliated, right? Everybody saw them blow a double-digit lead and then end up getting their asses kicked by North Carolina in the second half. Everybody saw Cam Fletcher's meltdown. Everybody knows about the fact that John Calipari is losing his mind. Everybody's heard the rumors about like what's going to happen with Terrence Clark or BJ Boston, who's the next guy that's going to end up getting kicked out of this team, blah, 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 blah. Like all of that stuff is going around on around this program right now. And that like at some point, you've got to figure pride's going to kick in with those guys, right? At some point, you got to figure like, okay, like we can't do this anymore. F, like how, F this, right? F, F this. this right. Like, watch. Oh, oh, you. Oh, you think I need to go? Right. Watch this. Oh, you think uh, we can't I win? Watch this. They just had a week to figure it out, right? Yeah. A week where they've been utterly embarrassed and utterly humiliated. So, if they're ever going to find a time to kind of like come together right. and have that one game where it all clicks, yep. it's going to be the Louisville game. And, you and here's the other Cal, thing. You don't think Louisville does not beat Kentucky. Louisville does not beat Kentucky. 11-2 in Cal's uh, tenure. I believe they're 11-2 and two, uh, against Louisville. So they've had the upper hand for the most part. I, I think they, they find a way to at least cover and, and maybe win this one. I, I just think it's a coin flip game. So to me, take the four and a half because you have no friggin' idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you look at the rosters – uh, Kentucky is the more talented roster. They are. You know, they, that does, that doesn't know. always mean that it's going to work, and right. that, like, it could end up being a disaster. But the last thing I'll say is this, is that when it has worked for Kentucky in recent games, like in the first half against North Carolina, in the second half against Notre Dame, like they've looked really, really good. 
the problem is like there's something happens during the course of a game where it all ends up falling apart for um, against North Carolina. It was the fact that like Saar and Jackson just could not handle the physicality of North Carolina's bigs. Louisville does not have bigs that are going to do that. Louisville does not have a four man that's going to pull Isaiah Jackson away from the basket. Like this is an ideal matchup for Kentucky's front line. Um, against Notre Dame, it was like they couldn't stay with the perimeter shooting. They couldn't figure out how to uh, how to guard some of these different actions that Mike Bray was running. In the second half, when they were like, "All right, fuck that, we're just going to go out and overwhelm you with our athleticism," they 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 won that. They would have won that game by twenty. Uh, uh, the second half by twenty three points, and they would have won the game if Olivier Sauer makes a wide open fifteen footer that he hit four times in that game. So, uh, Kentucky to me is not that far away. It all comes down to like putting a full game together. Are they actually going to play together? Do they actually like each other? Now, the the last thing might be the biggest problem, and who knows if they actually do. But I, I think even that this is the where I figure Even it if out. they don't like each other, at this point, like you said, it, it's it's pride and embarrassment and and, and still having more talent that the team they look across. The, the only thing I worry about, the biggest thing I worry about here, is the Carly Jones-Devin Askew matchup. Is you've got a senior who's – Again, he's from Radford, so it's not like he played. He's played some big games, but for the most part, uh, he's played a lot of low major, mid major games against a guy, a freshman who played well his last game, but has not been great, and a reclass freshman. And those reclass freshmen uh, do not fare all that well. Yep, it's it's that's that's where you're going to win. You know, it's uh, you got You got to hold David, your own in that matchup. Yeah, like, David Johnson. Solid. Yep, David Johnson and Carly Jones is like to me one of the top five to eight backcourts in all of college basketball. They play like it though. Yeah, that I mean that's the big thing they got to be able to do it. All right, so let's move on. Uh, Gonzaga and Virginia are playing yep. in Fort Worth. That tips off at four o'clock right now. Gonzaga is favored by seven and a half on DraftKings Sportsbook. That total is down to one thirty-seven point five. Um, so this line's been bouncing around a little bit. It opened at six and a half. Yeah. It shot up all the way. When I woke up this morning, I checked it. It was nine. Now it's come back down to seven and a half. The totals dropped three points this morning in the last probably two hours down to 137.5, um, which all to me just says most of the people that are betting think that Virginia, one, is better than they are, and two, is really going to be able to control the tempo. Um, so where do you where do you stand well, on this one? Well, I'm here to tell you I don't think Virginia is better uh, than, than – I don't have them ranked. I haven't had them ranked since they left Mohegan Sun. Uh, since I, I watched them lose to University of San Francisco, and then they followed it up with uh, almost losing to Kent State. It had, to, it had to go to overtime uh, to beat Kent State. And, and they then, had a pause. Yeah, and then they had the pause. So I, I'm going to take the Zags here laying the seven. I, I feel like I'm going to take the Zags every game the rest of the season unless somebody gets hurt, uh, namely Jalen Suggs or Drew Timmy or Corey mm-hmm. Kitzberg, because I think they could survive without anybody else. Um, and they could probably survive without Jalen Suggs in the WCC and throw Andrew Nemhart out there for 35 minutes and, and be just fine and run through that league. But, um, yeah, I, I like the Zags here. I'm just not bought into Virginia. They've got to make a ton of shots. And even if they do, Rob, even if they make a ton of shots, I don't know how they slow down Gonzaga in transition. I don't know how they keep Jalen Suggs from getting Well, I, I know how they'll try. This is, this is what they're going to try yeah. to do. Uh, they're going to – they're going to try to control the ball for 30 seconds on every possession, right? And when they When they take a shot, they're not going to send anybody to the offensive glass. They're yep. going to send four guys back, right? And they are going to say, you are not going to be able – we're not going to let you run. 
And Gonzaga is still going to try to run on a miss. They're still going to try to run on makes. Um, they're still going to try to do the whole, like, we want to get a good shot within 12 seconds thing. Um, and I think eventually it's just going to work. Like, the biggest thing to me, it's it's kind of twofold. One, Kihei Clark is five foot seven. Gonzaga's four guards are six foot four, Jalen Suggs, six foot five, Joella Yayi, six foot five, Andrew Nemhard, six foot seven, Corey Kispert, right? So the smallest guy in that roster might be the number one pick in the draft. And that's like, that's just, that's a very, very difficult matchup. Two, um, Virginia is going to need to play Sam Hauser at the four, most likely to be able to make this work. I don't know if Hauser is going to be able to guard Kispert. I don't know. I think that, that the issues that, yeah, the issues that he has defensively are going to end up getting exposed there. Um, Kispert can guard Hauser on, on the flip side. Yes. Kispert yes. is able to get out and he's tough enough. Either, either way, whatever you want to try to play him. Corey Kispert's a tough MFer. Like, like that's the mm-hmm. one thing about this Gonzaga team that I think everybody has a stigma about Gonzaga that they're soft. This friggin' team is, is is hardly soft. I mean, again, Jalen Suggs was a football player. Drew Timmy's an MFer. Kispert's an MFer. Like, they got some dudes here. They got some dudes. How do you feel about Drew Timmy's mustache? Does that change the way that you tout this game? I don't, like, I'm torn. I, I want him to keep it. Just because so he can do the 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 whatever the uh, the celebratory when he when, you know with with the stash I kind of yeah. like that I mean I do it just listen it brings some some um, enthusiasm a little bit of fun to the college game which we need right like to me there's nothing worse than these referees that are teeing guys up for hanging on the rim like fucking let them hang on the goddamn rim they, well, they the problem is pandemic. I'm not saying they got to do a pull up I'm not saying that. Okay, but like if they hang on for a little bit longer, come on. Like, what are we doing? But the problem is, it's they're they're called that's the rule. Like, the the rule is the rule is stupid. Like, I but a lot of things that people complain, I I I do, I I get on as much as anybody, but like a lot of the things that people complain about when it comes to referees are them making the right call by the rule book because the rule book's fucked up. And and the problem is, the problem is they are um, evaluated. And if they don't make that call, they're worried that they will not be able to work in the NCAA tournament and not have a chance to to officiate in in a Final Four. So you're yes. right. They're doing what they're told to be doing. Um, I guess the big thing, hey, J.D. Collins, if you're listening, change the effing rule then. Change yeah. the rule. Yeah. So um, do you like – I'm guessing that you like Gonzaga. I do. Seven and a half. And I, and I like too. the over. And I like the over. I'm going to stay away from the overall over because I don't know if Gonzaga is going to be, or I'm sorry, Virginia is going to be able to score with them. Um, I love the, the over in Gonzaga's team total, which I got it at 73 and a half, but that was before the total dropped. The total is now 136.5. Wow. Um, so Gonzaga's team total is now 72 and a half, which is just like, I don't, I don't see any way that they don't score 72 and a half points. So well, that's here's, I mean, here's my thing on the over. Here's my, my biggest thing is, if Virginia doesn't make shots early, they're not going to be able to play the way that you're saying they need to play to win this game. So yeah, well, here, I mean, here's, figures. but but here's here's the thing, Jeff. So you like you're you're going to be on Gonzaga to cover, right? right. And you think that the over is going to hit regardless because of that. Why that the safer bet then is always going to be betting the over of the Gonzaga team total, right. because if if the over is going to go. It's yeah. going to be because Gonzaga goes over their team total. A hundred percent. You might as well do all three. Yeah, but betting, but betting the the team total just protects yourself in case 
um, in case yep. Virginia has like an awful night. And it very like there's a very real scenario where this game ends up being like Gonzaga wins 82 to 50, which is something that can happen based on the pace that 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 Virginia is going to want them to play. Yeah, and if it's 82 it's to 50, down, though, I just don't think it'll. I mean, again, I don't know. I I, I feel like it's just no, but like you, you're thinking about this the wrong way. Like what you're doing by taking the if you think this game's going to go over. And the one thing that you're worried about is whether or not Virginia is going to be able to keep pace. Then betting the Gonzaga team total takes away the risk of not having Virginia score enough points right. while still having the like. If it goes over, Gonzaga is going to go over the total. Like they're not going to. It's not going to be a game right. where Virginia, Virginia wins sixty-one. Gonzaga is. I mean, again, could Gonzaga? Yeah, could it be a grinder? I, I just don't see it being a grinder game at the end. I, I don't. I don't think Virginia stays close enough. I, I think it'll be a double figure. Oh, yeah. All you're doing is arguing for the case of betting the Gonzaga team yeah. total, right. having it be better than betting the over. Just yeah, I, don't, I don't think. I don't think that you realize you're doing it, but you're it's just seventy two and a half. Let's, let's move on. Let's let's move on. Let's move All on. Right. All right. All right. Oh, by the way, uh, Kentucky's line is down to uh, plus four. And that totals down to 132. So there's uh, money coming in on that game. All right. So uh, Houston minus seven and a half against UCF. We have Ohio State minus three at Northwestern. And we have Indiana plus seven at Illinois. Do you like any of those three games? Um, I like Houston, I I guess. I mean, Caleb Mills is going to play today. That's good. They've only got one guy out now, Cam Tyson. Um, UCF coming off the huge win against Florida State. You know, uh, Brandon uh, Mahan, the transfer from Texas A&M, has been freaking phenomenal. I mean, ridiculous. Uh, I just think Kelvin's too good a coach to let him go off today. So, I think he'll find a way to slow him down. Um, It's on ABC. I mean, how about that? How about Calipari complaining? I don't know if you saw this last week. He's like, ESPN wants to see the train wreck. They moved us from, from ESPN2 to ESPN. They, they, everybody wants to see Kentucky lose. I'm like, well, if they really want to see you lose, they'd be putting it on ABC instead of Houston UCF, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Right? That's mm-hmm. the ABC game. Houston UCF. If I had ever told you that before the season, think all the money we could have won on that. <laughs> yeah, that's right? true. Um, I like UCF in that spot. I just think that's too many points for a team that I actually think is good. I think UCF is legit good this year. Feels like too many points. Um, I liked it better when it opened at eight, um, but uh, it kind of is what it is. I also think that that's going to be a game that's played in the 60s. It so might it might so I, I think the under is in play there. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, it's just, again, too many points in a game that I think is going to end up being something like 64 to 59 at the yep. end of the day. Yep. Uh, Ohio State at Northwestern. So what Northwestern is doing this year is they're running the, this kind of like five-out spread um, a lot of backdoor stuff. They, they've got like little uh, Chris, Chris Collins definitely watched the NBA bubble because he pulled a lot of like some of the backdoor stuff from the Raptors and, and a lot of little, like little, little intricate details of, of, of things from teams playing five out. So um, I think that there's probably enough film right now for Ohio, for Ohio state to be able to be ready for. And I also think that Ohio state is like easily, the best team that Northwestern is going to play so far this season. They're better than Indiana and they're better than Michigan state. Uh, so I just, I love selling Northwestern high here and, and, and taking Ohio state on the road as a small favorite. I don't normally do that, but 
when you consider that there's no real home court advantage this year and there's never any home court advantage when Northwestern plays whatever this new arena is, uh, I like I like the Bucks, I like the Buckeyes. Man, imagine, just imagine if Northwestern uh, gets three straight, you know, Michigan State at home, then they go to Assembly Hall and win, and then they come back home and beat Ohio State. Like, just imagine uh, all those alums that have been silent for the last, you know, three years, uh, how they'll come out of the woodworks again, right? Um, all those, all those guys. That's the, the Northwestern's a great story until you have to deal with all of the people that don't pay any attention right. to college basketball suddenly talking about college basketball. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know if Wilbon has any clue that they've won two straight. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Um, I, I don't know. But anyway, if I just see, if I see one Darren Rovell tweet uh, about, about yeah. Northwestern basketball, I'm throwing my laptop out the window. I'm deleting yeah, Twitter. I'm deleting my account. I'm burning it all down. If they win, if they win today, you're going to see them. They're all going to come back. Trust me, and it's going to be annoying as hell. Um, yeah. Because it was it was cute in 2017. We all rooted for it. It was cute, and then they became kind of annoying, a little obnoxious. It would have been more fun if they actually made it to the. What did they lose in the first round? Of the, no, they lost in the second round, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it, that was the game where Chris Collins got teed up because because uh, yeah. Gonzaga they missed the uh, the goaltending call, and Chris yeah. Collins got teed up. Yeah, yep. I remember that. Zach Collins, yeah. Zach Collins, uh, nephew of Chris Collins. I made that fact though. There you go. There you go. Not so I, I'm I'm not I don't like this either way. I don't have a great feel for this one. I'm not touching it. All uh, right, Indiana, Illinois, and then we'll get out of here. Last one. Um, I'll take the points. I guess I don't love it. But what is it? It's it's it opened at six. It's now at seven and a half. Indiana completely embarrassed. Um, I, I think they'll keep it close enough. I, I just again with Illinois, I, I'm still not bought in to Illinois being like this team that we can count on night in and night out. Now I can't wait for this this Trace Jackson Davis uh, Kofi Coburn matchup. Uh, I, I two hard playing big time two of the best big men uh, really in the country. Uh, it should be a hell of a matchup, but I, I'll take Indiana, take the points there. So I, I just, I think Illinois has the better matchup in this one. Um, I always worry about Trace Jackson Davis when he's going up against bigs that are kind of at the same level as him. Uh, so we'll see how that ends up working out. The The other thing that I'm concerned about is like Indiana does not have great ball screen guards. And as we know, the way to beat Illinois is to put, Kofi Coburn into ball screens and make him have to defend on the perimeter. But if you like, if he's guarding Trace Jackson Davis, like he's kind of going to be guarding 15 feet and in right. through the whole game, which is kind sure. of, you know, what he's actually good at. And I, I very much worry about Indiana's backcourt going up against some of like the big oh, athletic man. guards that, uh, that Illinois has. Yep. So I, listen, I'm with you. I'm just saying in this one, I, I don't think it'll get away from Indiana. I think they'll keep it yeah. close enough. I'm not saying they're going to win it. I think they can keep it close enough. Well, I, I mean, if I, if you were going to force me to bet, I would probably take Illinois, but I will not have any action on this game. I don't feel good about it. What I feel good about is over on the Gonzaga team total and Gonzaga covering. That's what, uh, that's what I feel really good about. And Kentucky, those are the two bets that I like the most. So, um, I'm just. So, what are, your, what are your, what are your picks? What are you, what are your I'm, picks for today? I'm pissed. I lost half a point during this podcast. You should have gotten it in. That's why I get my bets in while we're podcasting because, because Vegas watches this stream. Vegas they should. They, it's amazing how these lines always tend to move against us while we're in the middle of this stream. That's the only way it ever moves. Uh, if, we they never get, record, if they look at we my ne- record to date, they should be watching us. That's stream. what it is. We never we never get a point. But I, but I, I, straight, I, straight, I, straight, I straight, 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 straight,
I strayed into NBA a little bit yesterday. Although I did hit on my, the one I loved was Brooklyn. And well, the one was I loved was was the Bucks. Here, so my my strongest take right now, and when it comes to betting, is like just fade the Warriors every chance you get because they suck. They're, They're terrible. They are not good. Even when they get Draymond back, it. it It'll help. It's not, it's not gonna. It's not gonna matter. Yeah. No. Like so, they've kind of built their entire team around like, okay, we got Steph, we got Clay, and we got Draymond, who are all old, yep. and we're gonna have one more go at this. But then Clay tore his Achilles, yep. and now Draymond is that banged up, whatever he is. Uh, Steph has to carry a whole team by himself. Well, and Wiggins, we got like Eric Pascal and Damian Lee out there. By the way, I, I would Michael Mulder. Like the the funniest thing in the world to me is that Steph Curry is trying to win a national title with the Go- JUCO transfer that couldn't get off the bench for Kentucky in 2015, and a guy that averaged 5.5 points at Marquette as a senior. Those are the guys that are supposed to help Amazing. Steph Curry go out and win a national title. By the way, shout out to Juan Anderson. By the way, like I don't, I'm not taking shots at him. Like great story, but like that, he should not be getting real minutes on a title contender. Uh, by the way, for all you guys ripped on me when I said I would rather have Aaron Kraft than Andrew Wiggins that year. I didn't say in the future. I said that year, uh, Aaron Kraft's senior season, in which Andrew Wiggins bowed out the second game and was invisible against Stanford in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I, I think I'd still rather have Aaron Kraft. Andrew Wiggins is a complete disappointment. Doesn't do anything. I mean, seriously, he, he like the most overpaid player in the NBA, maybe Andrew Wiggins. You want to hear one of my hottest takes? Go ahead. What do you got? The uh, the guy everyone's calling the next Kevin Durant has a better chance to be the next Andrew Wiggins than he does the next Kevin Durant. Who's That's that? my hot take. Who's Amani Bates. Who? Amani Bates. Am- Amani Bates. Wow. 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 I'm not saying he's going to be the next Andrew Wiggins. I say there's a better chance that he's the next Andrew Wiggins than he's the next Kevin Durant. Yeah, he competes. That's the only thing I'd say. Every time I see Amani Bates, he competes. Andrew Wiggins, for me, when I saw him, and first of all, he didn't want to guard anybody. And, and he played to the level of his competition. He'd have the big game when they'd hype him up in, in AU against a, a big-time player. I think it was like Julius Randle or somebody like that, Jabari Parker, those guys. And then you'd see him, and he'd do nothing. Like, And that's him. That's his MO. Like, I just don't think he loves it. I don't think he loves the game at all. He loves the paychecks, though. Do you blame him? No, I do not. Laughing no, I do not. Yeah. All right, Jeffrey. Um, it's been fun. We actually went a lot longer than I thought we were going Merry to. Merry Christmas uh, for this podcast. Hey, thank you very much, sir. Happy Hanukkah to you. What would you get? You get anything good? Uh, I did. did you get a new pair of headphones? No, I did not. I got um, I got something that helps like clean a phone. Uh, I got um, well, I got my like we got a Peloton like a month oh, ago. Big for which kind of which kind of went for uh, we decided that was going to be like a, my wife's birthday was in November. So I just I got her the Peloton and all that stuff um, for the birthday. Have and you got we, yet? Oh yeah, I, I try to get on like every single day. It's hard. Is it? Oh boy, yeah. Brutal. Oh boy. Yeah. Do you have your favorite well, Peloton instructor yet? Yeah, uh, Alex T or whatever his name is. I don't know. Alex T. He gets you going, man. He gets you fired up. He I think you fired wife, up. I think your wife likes Alex T. Yes, she definitely does. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. Like, what do you want me to say? He's a good looking guy. He's a good looking guy. What do you want me to say? You're going in the morning. It ain't <laughs> <good>. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it definitely ain't me anymore, man. All right. All right, Jeffrey. This just got weird. I'll uh we'll see you guys again.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.